The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 145th ever show and three-year anniversary of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the NBA and the NHL playoffs, both occurring simultaneously, and I basically have come to the conclusion that it is the best sports week of the year. Uh, I used to think it was in October when we had uh, baseball playoffs, NFL football in regular season, and the beginning of hockey and the NBA, and college basketball for that matter, and not to mention college football. But in the last year or two, I've come to the conclusion that really... This is probably the best time of year, and certainly this year uh, with just the riveting NBA and NHL playoffs uh, while baseball was going on and while the NFL is gearing up for the draft, the NFL is now year-round, that this is it. Uh, the NBA and NHL playoffs have been riveting, as I said. Uh, let's start with hockey. It has just been off the charts with all the overtime games, uh, truly uh, something to behold. I'm up here in Boston, so the Red Wings Bruins series has been terrific, and Bruins had a huge overtime win last night out in Detroit, so they took both games in Detroit after losing the first one last Friday night. So people in Boston are feeling pretty good. The Bruins had the best regular season in hockey. They are the President's Cup winners. They will have home ice throughout. And luckily for them, uh, it looks like they have a good opportunity to close it out tomorrow in Game 5, 3 o'clock Eastern tomorrow afternoon on NBC. And that's a good thing because the team they're going to face, if they win, 
the winner of the Red Wings Bruins series, assuming it's the Bruins, will face the Montreal Canadiens, who swept out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Which brings me to my low light of the week, which was simply the call in the fourth game in, with two minutes to go in a tie game, and they just called what I consider to be a ridiculous tripping penalty on the Tampa Bay Lightning, giving Montreal a power play, which they promptly scored the winning goal on to sweep the series. Max Pacioretty, excuse me, Pacioretty. And I just thought it was such a homer call, uh, you know, and a heck of a way for the Tampa Bay Lightning to go, to go out. Granted, they probably would have lost anyway. They were down 3-0, obviously. But they had battled back in that game and had tied it. And I just thought, you know, for that call to be made at that moment uh, in the Bell Center in Montreal was just too, too obvious. You don't want that call to decide the game. So uh, the Canadians are done. They've been resting since early in the week. And they're going to face potentially the Bruins, who obviously need some rest. So if they can take out the Red Wings tomorrow, uh, that would be a good thing. And then you'd have two rested teams, because if the Bruins have to battle through six or seven with the Red Wings and then face a fresh Montreal team with a week or more off, that could be trouble. So it'll be fun to see both teams rested at full strength. And there's just really... Bruins Canadians in the postseason, uh, one of the top things in sports. I've seen a lot of them up here in Boston, and let's all hope we get another one. There's just nothing quite like it. have a couple other low-light candidates as well that simply must be mentioned, which is uh, Mark andre Fleury coming out of the goal to allow the Columbus Blue Jackets to win that game the other night. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Less than a minute to go tie game, and he came out of the goal, and then slipped trying to get back in, and Columbus had a, the, who, who had been down throughout the game, had battled back to bring it closer to tie it up, uh, had basically a wide open net, and won the game. It was just incredible. And Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, you know, not too long ago, he was beating the very same Red Wings we've been discussing earlier to win a Stanley Cup for the Penguins, and he has just really gone downhill ever since um and you know last year they pulled him and uh you know this year uh they were close to pulling him but haven't another low light james harden uh having a rough series against the portland trailblazers james harden of course from the houston rockets what I haven't heard mentioned, and what the first thing I was thinking of was the horrible series that James Harden had in the finals against the Miami Heat when he played for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, I mean, he was just so bad that they basically traded him. I think I can't help but think they came to the conclusion that, you know, he was not a money ball player. And now there's a lot of stuff going on, rumblings, what have you. Uh, after having a great couple of years in, in Houston. And again, I just couldn't help but think of what went on in Miami, against Miami a few years ago. And we're seeing that uh, resurface again in the playoffs. Uh, he's a great player, but there's something going on with the postseason, I guess. So, 
That brings me to my bizarre story of the week, which was uh, Yankee pitcher Michael Pineda getting tossed the other night for the pine tar on the neck, coming soon after a game in Yankee Stadium against the very same Red Sox when uh, he had pine tar clearly visible on his hand for the entire nation to see on national TV. And what makes it so bizarre in my mind is just the blatant nature of it. I mean, if ever there was like a guy who apparently wanted to get caught, this was it. And, uh, you know, the Red Sox shockingly did not uh, bring it to the ump's attention during the game down in Yankee Stadium when he had it on his hand. And for him to come back, you know, against the same team up in Fenway Park and do it, uh, it was just, again, bizarre is the only word I can use to describe it. He's getting a 10-day suspension. I mean, the, the umpire went out, basically touched his neck, rubbed his fingers together, and instantly, instantly ejected him. And uh, so, yeah, it was... Uh, something to see, to say the least. And um, I went to the Yankees-Red Sox game last night. Unfortunately, not much of a gra- uh, not much of a game, to say the least. Uh, so disappointing, but it was fun to go in to see Yankees-Red Sox at Fenway. And uh, it was over quickly. And... Uh, so yeah, just the place was jumping, as always, like it can only do for a Red Sox-Yankees game, and so it was great until the game started, and then it wasn't so great, at least from the Red Sox point of view, and uh, just quite an evening, uh, just to get a good taste of baseball, nice and early in the season, and really, uh, you know kind of get, uh, you know, get my head into it for the upcoming baseball season that we're already in. And uh, so, yes, it was excellent. So, with that said, as my former co-host, Lee Mount Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. 
We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. It's bright and sunny here, and it seems like we're on the cusp of spring really happening. My thoughts exactly. I was about to say it feels today... We got a taste of it last weekend, but up here in New England, a taste doesn't mean winter's over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but today, it really feels like winter's over. It just feels and looks like spring. So, hopefully, that's the case because you know it is the end of April after all. Next week is May, and it looks like we can finally uh, put this horrible winter behind us. Yeah, and it's been a long one. Oh, the worst. The worst ending to a winter I think I can ever remember, <laughs> meaning March and, March and April were, February and March were horrific. Yeah, the best thing about that, John, is maybe it won't happen again. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, AP, uh, as always, you have a lot of exciting things going on, and I know this weekend you're attending what looks to be a really fascinating basketball legends event down at uh, Mohegan Sun. You and I are spending a lot of time down there. Uh, I was covered the WNBA draft 10, day, 10, 12 days ago, and now you're going to be down there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this event? It looks terrific. Yeah, John, it's the NBA Retired Players Association uh, Legends Fantasy Weekend at the Mohegan Sun, and they're having a host of former greats, Bill Russell, Rick Barry, Otis Birdsong, Dave Cowens, Daryl Dawkins, Alex English, George Gervin, Spencer Haywood, uh, my primary interest, Robert Ory from Alabama, Michael Ray Richardson, and a host of others I'll, I'll probably run into. And that, that's what's so much fun about these events. There's always a surprise. So it's a black tie affair tomorrow evening, and it's actually a three-day event, John. The, the, there's the campers, they 
participate in something on Sunday, but they also have something today. It's a blackjack table. You can enter this for, I think it's $100, and play blackjack against these, these former legends. So that that's kind of interesting as well. And, and then they're also going to have uh, Jim Calhoun will be there, and uh, you know they'll have different awards that they'll hand out, I believe. Uh, you know, Bill Russell and uh, Jim Calhoun might receive some of those awards, so there'll be other luminaries there as well. Yeah, it looks terrific. It looks like the prize in this blackjack tournament's huge, 50000 if I'm not mistaken. So it's high-stakes stuff. Yeah, that's that's uh, you can buy a few ice creams with that amount. No doubt about it. Uh, well, you know, it's wonderful to see. I mean, Mohegan's son, who you and I both like a lot, uh, you know, they've got a lot going on there, you know, especially with the basketball market. You know, again, women's basketball capital of the world. Let's start with that, Connecticut. And then, you know, not only they have the Connecticut Sun that I cover often, and you do as well, that we also have now an event like this coming along, and then something you and I have been to in the past, which is, uh, you know, the event in November where they bring in top college teams. Uh, you know, I got to see Kentucky play Penn State a couple of years ago, which was fabulous, and sitting on a John Calipari news conference, and so they're doing that around Thanksgiving every year. And, uh, you know, this year they had the Big East Women's, not the Big East, the All-American Athletic Conference, excuse me, um, women's postseason held there. So Mohegan Sun's becoming quite the basketball hotbed. Yeah, John, and they, they actually have a, another women's event there in November. Uh, I think there's eight teams coming to town that, that weekend as well. Uh, late November, the last weekend in November, Notre Dame is one of the teams, actually. Is UConn going to be there? Uh, no, they're not there, but Alabama, I think it's Quinnipiac, Harvard, Holy Cross, uh, maybe Kansas, Notre Dame, and I'm, I think I'm missing two others, but that's quite a, a host of schools as well. Women's college basketball tournament. Women's college basketball, sure, they sure wow. are. Wow, so that's just... Uh... You know, verifying what I'm saying, that it is really capitalizing on its, you know, basketball presence. And, you know, I mean, even without UConn there, they'll do well. Uh, Again, I I can't stress enough, as I opened the show with last week, that, you know, the line to get into the WNBA draft stretched out of the arena, well into the casino. It was an awesome sight. And, again, it just, it reaffirmed, you know, for me, once and for all, again, this is just like a few days, a week, no, six days after UConn had won the national championship, the women, I should say, the men had won it the night before, but six days after that, you know, the WNBA draft, it was just uh, off the charts with the energy, the size of the crowd, thousands. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I'm sure the WNBA and, and college basketball just know that they have something pretty special going on in the state of Connecticut, and they're capitalizing on it, and they have the Mohegan Sun Casino Complex as quite the anchor with which to do these things with. Unique. Yeah, John, they're promoting the sport. Men's, I mean, they have exhibition games, the Celtics, the WNBA, the, the, the top-notch men's Division One teams and top-notch Division One women's teams, so they're promoting the entire sport from every aspect. They really are, you know, and what better state to do it? You know, I'll just, uh, again, they, 
UConn men and women both won the national championship in back-to-back nights. They're the only school in history ever to do it twice in the same year, and they've now done it twice, 2004 and now 2014, 10 years apart. So this is, this is special stuff, to say the least. And, John, not, we forgot to mention they're tied in with the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. They have galas with the uh, induction ceremony, and this year it's in August. It's actually the first week, week in August. They moved it back about a month. You're right, and that's a good point because Springfield, Massachusetts, the home of the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, is, what, under two-hour drive, right, AP? Is oh, that- yeah, it's uh, just north of Hartford about, 30 minutes and uh, not very far, maybe an hour from Mohegan, I would say, something of that nature. Yeah, well, we love it because you and I are, uh, you know, are connected to the Mohegan Sun Arena, which is obviously providing many opportunities for both you and I to uh, to cover some pretty unique stuff. You know, I, I will be, and you, you, I'm sure, will soon be covering the Connecticut Sun and total remake of that team with the draft traded the league MVP, Tina Charles, and suddenly they basically have a brand new team. Um, so that's going to be fascinating to watch this year, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, it's always exciting when you, when you, you bring in new players and there's excitement and, and uh, you know, different challenges and how they'll gel together as a unit and compete. And, you know, who knows with that enthusiasm, you know, might, might be a launch to a championship. Absolutely. Now, back to the event that you're covering this weekend. Robert Horry. Is he next to, like, Bill Russell and the Celtics? What's his claim to fame on, like, he's won the most championships individual of any player? Yeah, John, I think that Robert, and he might be tied with John Sally, I'm not positive, but Robert has seven championship rings from three different teams. And that's two with Houston... Uh, three with the Lakers and two with San Antonio. Okay, that's what it is. Tied with John Sally from the Pistons. I, I think John Sally. They might be tied, or, or Robert might have that that you know record. You know, a non-Celtic. Right, right. I think that you know makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, well, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, great player. You know, Big Shot Bob is his nickname, if I remember correctly, and. Uh, yeah. And yes, he, um, you know, he wasn't just a member of these teams. He was a strong contributor. I mean, I think one of the great visuals ever from the NBA on TV is it's a shot of Robert Horry making a series-winning shot, I believe, in the playoffs a few years back for the Lakers. But it's taken from, like, the upper tier or whatever in Staples Arena. So you see the entire... Staples Arena react to it. It's one of the great, again, pieces of footage in NBA history. John, he's made so many clutch shots that it's hard to remember them all. And tomorrow night, when I visit with him, I'm going to ask him if he ever counted up the the game-winning shots in playoffs alone. Let's say that one of the memories I have is the Sacramento series. Uh, they were leading two to one. The Kings were leading, and it was at the end of the game. And there was a, a variety of shots attempted at the end. The ball came out to him. He was at the top of the key. He immediately grabbed it and launched that three pointer and nailed it. And the series was tied. 
that I, I don't think the Lakers would have ever won if they, they were down three to one in that series. I, you know, Sacramento was a really strong team, and they were in a position to overtake the Lake, Lakers. But Robert saved them once again. Yeah, that was the Vlade Divac Sacramento team. That yes, they were. It looked like they were poised to take over the throne. And they didn't, and a large part of that was due to Robert Ory. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. That team, you know, evolved and, you know, ultimately won even more championships, you know, still with Kobe, you know, when they beat the Celtics a couple years back and things like that. So he, you know, he helped transition, you know, keep that transition successful as they went from one team to another. They lose that game, that series. You, you know, maybe that's the end of the Lakers as we knew them yeah. as recently as even, you know, three, four years ago when they beat the Celtics in Game 7. Yeah. And, and John, um, I don't know if you can, in your memory, come up with a player that has a sim- had a similar career to Robert, but it seems like he made so many clutch shots, yet he was not the number one option on the play. Correct. Exactly. Yes. And yes. I just don't know if I get all my memories of watching NBA basketball through the decades, I don't know anyone who's had a comparative uh, career. Uh, totally unique. I couldn't agree more. You, you know, I mean, even an average fan with just a casual interest in the NBA, you say the name Robert Ory, number one, they're going to recognize it immediately. And number two, the only thing they're going to think of is, you know, championship rings, winner, which is a heck of a way to be remembered. I mean, what better way is there to be remembered? Oh, oh, John, I had a fascinating conversation with Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe one evening. We were in Miami, Florida. He was a host of the Orange Bowl, and I was there covering the Alabama-Notre Dame championship game, and we were at a social event, and the question he posed to me was, would you rather have been Charles Barkley or Robert Ory? You know, Charles Barkley at Auburn and Robert Ory of Alabama. And I, I told him, I think I might rather sport those seven rings and be a little bit anonymous, whereas being Charles Barkley does not have the rings but has all the notoriety. Yes, yes. Well, that would be a good question for Charles Barkley. It sure would. To say the least. Um who, by the way, is great. I mean, he is just, I go out of my way to, you know, to watch the pregame or the, you know, the halftime, the postgame. Like, if I'm watching other games, which is about all I'm doing this week, it's nonstop the last two weeks, really. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I've got the flow down. So I, I seek out when Charles Barkley is going to be speaking from the studio because he's, he's that good. He, he really is. You know, John, you're right. I mean, he kind of, I think he grows on you. It, totally. I, I've only gotten to feel this way the past two years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always liked him, but now again, I seek him out. I, you know, I will miss live action granted, not the two minutes of last two minutes of a close game or anything, but you know, I can be watching in the past two weeks a hockey game, an NBA game that are riveting, NBA game on another channel than TNT, and, you know, I will tune back in just to see where the TNT game is so I'm, you know, can 
make myself, you know, can catch up with Charles when he's actually dissecting games from the studio. He, he's that good right now. Yeah, and, and that trio with Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny Smith and then Ernie, Ernie Johnson, he's the perfect moderator for that, that boy crew. Hey, it's a good crew, yeah. It really, really works as good as anything we've seen in recent years. So with that said, though, AP, that'll be a perfect lead-in for our break because on the other side we are going to talk some NBA playoffs. So why don't we take our break and a little NBA coming up on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we ended the previous segment talking some NBA, uh, but now let's really drill down and uh, examine these playoffs. In my first segment, I talked about James Harden. Uh, so why don't we start there with, you know, the Rockets Trailblazers series. And what I said was very simply, you know, it seems to be coming apart at the seams for James Harden and the Rockets right now, down 2-0 to Portland. But more importantly, I'm not hearing anybody talk about the horrible series that James Harden had in the finals against the Miami Heat a couple of years back when he played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, which in my mind was totally the reason they traded him, which shocked a lot of people, but it didn't shock me. I mean, he... Horrible doesn't even describe it. He completely disappeared in that series against the Heat. And it just told me, you know, maybe this guy doesn't, uh, is not a money ball player. And clearly, in my mind at least, 
the Thunder came to that conclusion. They traded him. He's been a star in Houston, but here the bright lights are shining again, and we're getting a bit of a repeat performance thus far. John, you foreshadowed those events uh, because NBA basketball, that's a playoff sport. Bingo. Uh, so that's, it's great. I mean, we were talking about Robert Ory last segment, and Robert, he, some games in the regular season, Robert, you're not sure he's even wearing a uniform. It's bingo. When, when the lights sad. come on and the playoff arrives, he's front and center. And so if I'm looking to trade for a player, that's one of the, um, you know, the criteria. I'm looking over his, his uh, performance in playoffs. Yes, it's so important. It is, you know, and and by the way, you know, I have no axe to grind with James Harden. I actually like the guy. I think the beard is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. When he lights it up, he lights it up big time. I mean, he had games of, you know, well into the 40s this year. I mean, he was an absolute, he's been a star in Houston, and he was the best six man in the league at the Thunder. So I'm not, I'm not dissing on James Harden. I, I like the guy. I really do. I always have. But I'll never forget the series, you know, against the Heat in the finals, I'll just, you couldn't ignore it, is the way I felt. Yeah, and then, John, how do you break a slump in the middle of a, you know, five or seven game playoff series? It, it takes quite an effort. Yeah, well, especially when you're, you know, you're on the road to Portland, which is like, you know, you and I can easily remember those 1977 playoffs when the best arena with Bill Walton, when the best arena in the league by far was Portland, and those crowds were wild, and I got the feeling uh, we're going to see it again tonight, and I can't wait. I, I think, you know, Port, uh, tucked away up there, they, it's the only game in town as far as a pro sports team. I think they are just going to be off the charts tonight. It must see TV. John, would you say that in the playoffs, one of the biggest surprises, the biggest surprise might be LaMarcus Aldridge? You know, we've been hearing his name. I knew he was something. I knew he was good. I didn't know he was special. Yesterday on the radio, uh, they were talking about him flat out being their third best player in the league. We both know who. Uh, the first two are LeBron and Durant, obviously. But you, what he's done, 46 in that first game and 40-plus in the second, plus uh, re, he, he's completely dominated both games. There's no other way to say it. Combined with that Damon Lillard, who's equally unbelievable. They're, what a tandem. Yeah, that mean, Aldridge, they, no one can guard him on that team. It's, it's a bad Correct. matchup. And if the game gets close... I mean, you know exactly where the ball is going to be headed. So I don't know how they can overcome Portland. And he's a force. I mean, he, he is dominating these games. And again, he's doing it with, you know, Dwight Howard, maybe the NBA's best defensive player. Say we want about Dwight Howard, but he can play defense. Right. And he's doing it, you know, down underneath. I'm not saying that Dwight Howard has been guarding him, not one-on-one, -on -one, but... Aldridge is doing this, you know, with Dwight Howard in the vicinity, which is, I think, you know, even more impressive. I really do. Oh, oh, yeah, he's he's a force as well, and Dwight Howard. He's, I mean, he's a bona fide All Star defender. So no doubt. I mean, you can't say that it's against a, a 
an inferior athletic player or, you know, it's not in proximity. You know, they don't guard each other per se, but uh, he's around. Yes, yes. And I did hear one uh, uh, radio announcer, I think there's somebody on ESPN just said, you know, Dwight Howard should basically go to Coach Kevin McHale and say, I want to guard Marcus Aldridge one-on-one, period, man-to-man, and try to try to bring him under control. I mean, if, if you're Dwight Howard and you are acknowledged as the best defensive player in the NBA, which he is, then you need to be the guy to stop, you know, the dominating force in the series so far. John, if you're the coach of Houston, Kevin McHale, and you're looking at these numbers, 40-plus two games in a row, can Dwight Howard uh, do worse? Correct, correct. You know, even if you have to give up Dwight Howard's offense, you know, and and, and for that to happen, just to bring it full circle, the only way it would ever work would be if Dwight Howard could do that, stop Aldridge or keep him under control, and then James Harden has to step up, you know, to, you know, supply the offense that, you know, would be affected by Dwight Howard having to work, you know, so hard on the defensive end of the floor. So that's the only formula that works for Houston. Yeah, he, he's got to perform much better than he has. And, you know, when you look at the Marcus Aldridge's numbers through the years in the playoffs, he's, he's done what? I mean, they haven't gotten out of the first round, uh, I don't think, uh, very often, if, if at all. But he's always averaged around 20 points a game in the playoffs. Um, right, you know, m- most of the times, you know, not the first year, but but uh, he's been, you know, pretty good through the playoffs as a young player, and now he's, I mean, this is numbers that are off the charts. I mean, wh- no one could ever have predicted such a uh, increase in his point production. Oh no way! No, he, he's again a dominant force. You know, unstoppable. These are, you know, the superlatives, the only superlatives that suffice for what he's done. And again, you know, they're heading home to a city starved for the better part of 30 years for a championship team or, or for that matter, even in just a, you know, uh, a playoff team that looks capable of making a deep run. So they're just going to be off the charts tonight. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It really is. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game tonight. Um, as much for the crowd and the Blazers as to see how, you know, what are the Rockets made of? Some people were picking them to get to the championship, if not win it, as the sleeper. So we're going to find out what they're made of tonight uh, yeah, in many have, ways. Yeah, their back's up against the proverbial wall. Totally, totally. And it couldn't be a, a tougher circumstance than heading into uh, what's it called? The the Rose Center, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Um, those crowds are great out there. They're not the biggest, but they sure are the some of the loudest. They love their Blazers. They they really. They're, it's not unlike the Packers. You know, it's like it's the only game in town. It's a. It's what the city identifies itself with, at least as in the world of sports. And uh, so it's going to be fun, and you know, but it's not the only surprising playoff series uh there have been many well why don't we start with the next story with you know atlanta and the indiana pacers uh i'm going to start with atlanta jeff teague a dominant force who made last night one of the great shots really in nba playoff history like a falling down 
three that was yeah. the equal of Kevin Durant's falling down three from early in the week. Equally <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. And Jeff Teague, a couple of years ago, you know, when the, the Hawks were playing the Celtics a couple of years in a row in the playoffs, and uh, I was so impressed with him, and now he is really, really blossoming and coming into his own. And, you know, against the Celtics, made some rookie mistakes, but showed some flashes. So I'm kind of loving what he's doing because he is, again, uh, clearly leading Atlanta's upset bid against, uh, you know, against the Pacers. And uh, I, I think it's fascinating. I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks are the Hawks. They're nondescript. They're, they're not a team that anybody's waiting to see pull an upset. I mean, they're, they're kind of there every year. I'll give them some credit. Right. But they usually don't advance. They're typically a one-and-done team, let's face it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he, He's uh, been spectacular so far. And, uh, you know, that's that's one side of the story, John, is Jeff Teague and his play. But last night, I think they showed a stat that uh, the three, you know, offensive-minded players for, for uh, Indiana were six for 31. I don't know if you saw that stat, but... It, it's very difficult when your three stars, you know, three of your people you're depending on shoot six for 31 in a playoff game. It's almost, I mean, you know, two shots apiece, let's say they made. I mean, it, it, it's mind-boggling how you can been playing basketball all these years and you just go into a funk uh, in a game like that. It's, you know, Hill one for 11, uh, Paul and George three for 11, Hibbert. He's seven foot. You figure you can make a couple dunk shots if you hustle down the court, right? Right. But uh, he just in a funk. AP, the demise of the Indiana Pacers uh, is the basketball story of the year in my mind. It's just stunning. It just is. I'm hearing some chatter again, uh, radio, TV, that. You know, people are going back into their memory banks to try to recall if they've ever seen anything like it before. I can't. I mean, this is a team with bravado that said, you know, we want the seventh game against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals in our building. So they went after home court. They ultimately got it. But they've completely fallen apart. I thought maybe they righted themselves in the, the second half in game two. But then last night was just, you know, back to the way they've been for two months. I mean, they've... I don't. I don't think they've had a winning record for the last two months. It's been yeah. stunning, and now we're hearing about fist fights between Evan Turner and uh, Lance Stevens. I think it is yeah, uh, Stevenson. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, John. The only thing, some of these teams that are always trying to reach the top, they they have a lot of chatter, like the New York Jets and Indiana. I remember Houston Oilers. You know. Were, Always knocking on the door with the Pittsburgh Steelers, as you know. Of and course, I, I was there. I the, covered the, their suspect. When, when I hear these teams that have not won championships and they're talking loud and with all the bravados you said, it, it, I, I'm not sold on that. It, it's more that they're trying to convince themselves. Bingo. Well said. Um, well, AP, hard to believe it's time for our break, but we still got a couple more NBA series to cover on the other side. internet flagship station for sports 
Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the weekend before we get started for appointment viewing is, of course, the NBA and the NHL playoffs. They're just uh, all-consuming at this point, and they're round the clock, best of all, uh, over the weekend. So, AP, uh, we talked in the previous segment. We touched on Kevin Durant's incredible falling out of bounds uh, three-pointer the other night. So let's just zero in on this Memphis-Oklahoma City uh, series where suddenly, you know, Memphis has a two to one lead. Great game again. Uh, last night when, you know, went to overtime, Memphis had dominated the game. The Thunder made a run. I think it was 17 zero run. And, you know, Russell Westbrook made a four point play at the end or send it into overtime. I mean, Really incredible stuff, but that's a great series. Yeah, it sure is, and and uh, it's hard to believe that Memphis, you know, continues to have success against Oklahoma City. You know, absolutely. I mean, you think when you have two star players score thirty points, you're going to win? Correct from the same team, but it didn't happen. Well. Old Celtic Tony Allen certainly played a major role, good and bad. I mean, he literally, you know, made the key plays to, you know, give them a four-point lead at the very end in the last minute. And then he (laughs) was the guy who unnecessarily fouled Russell (laughs) Westbrook on that crazy three-point attempt. It's just incredible stuff. But Mike Conley, I I was very impressed. I mean, Zach Randolph is just a stud. But Mike Conley, who I've never been quite able to get a handle on, uh, you know, yeah. uh, he, he came up big last night. I was very impressed with what he did. Yeah, and he had that one pop out at him at the end that you thought it was going in. You watched it, and he kissed it yep. off the glass, and it just went a little bit too much to the right and, and jammed out. Exactly, exactly. Um, Another series that has been interesting, of course, and they're all interesting in their own way, uh, Golden State and the Clippers. You know, uh, Steph Curry had a three-point shot to tie it last night. Fell woefully short for him, especially. 
But, you know, Clippers claimed to play and won the first game in Golden State, which was fun to watch. I mean, the entire arena dressed in gold short shirts. Um, you know, we're getting more and more used to seeing it. But I will say that arena last night, it wasn't like 90% or 95%. It was 100%. Every single person was wearing that gold shirt. <laughs> it just looked great on TV. It really did. Yeah, it really does, John. It, it's... Uh... It catches your eye. This court and the, the gold, all the gold. It, it's I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, that's these two teams don't like each other. No, it's already you know Chris Paul. I will say last night. I don't know if I've ever seen him more with the eye of the tiger than I saw him last night. He was really, really determined. Yeah, he he's a he's a good ball player, and, and, I, and I think John in that series, when you look at these games. You're looking at the matchups, and that Blake Griffith is a Griffin is a bad one for the um, you know Golden State. They don't have anybody to contest him. I don't believe in the paint. Exactly, exactly. He's he's a bit of a wild card. He can kind of do some things that a center does, but he obviously has a ultra athletic game. Obviously, the king of the dunkers and. You know, he, he, he's a matchup nightmare for just about anybody, but I think especially so for, the, for Golden State, especially since they lost Bogut, you know, in the middle, the big center. And without him, I, I think uh, the Clippers might be smelling blood. And then when you start to double-team him, then DeAndre Jordan, he's very athletic and comes on that weak side and gets those putbacks and easy buckets, and that, that's another issue. Correct. But the maestro of it all, as we all know, is, is Chris Paul. And, you know, great career. You know, we, everybody loves Chris Paul. But, you know, I think this is the year that he really needs to, you know, show his stuff in the postseason. And I think we're starting to see some of that. Uh, we're going to know soon enough. You know, they need to advance past Golden State and into the second round for us to really get a handle on, like, exactly how great a player is Chris Paul. I think this is his opportunity to show it. Yeah, I think so too, John. He's, he's been a very good point guard you know, in New Orleans and and, and now uh, you know the Clippers. So he's, in, he's poised to move on in this round if they can just you know, win his next couple of games here. Correct. And another... Uh, intriguing series is uh you know the the spurs and the mavericks i mean spur the mavericks held a 10 point lead in game one midway in the fourth quarter and they gave it up but in game two they owned that game in san antonio so i think we got a series there too in san antonio where you know they they were the best team all year long like the bruins were in hockey i mean they're the the nba's version of the president's cup winners so uh you know not too many teams go into San Diego or San Antonio and do that. And, of course, the Mavericks hadn't won there since 2010. So what they did in Game 2 was impressive. They're going back, obviously, on a high note, you know, up the road to Dallas. But in the same light, if there's any team capable of, you know, going into a, you know, an away arena in a pivotal Game 3, obviously it's the Spurs. Yeah, they were turnover prone the other night at San Antonio. I think they had 24 turnovers. It's very, very difficult to win in in a playoff situation when you're giving the the ball to the other team uh, so frequently. And it just there was no way they were going to win that game. 
Absolutely. Uh, right. And you said it perfectly. So much so that I did something I normally don't do, which is, you know, when I saw the lead, watched for a couple of minutes, saw that, you know, how San Antonio was playing, how Dallas was playing, and I just said, you know, with four or five minutes to go, typically I'd be saying, you know, well, especially after game one, you know, well, the Spurs are going to make a run. But I wasn't feeling it. I was like, the Spurs are not going to make a run. <laughs> Dallas yeah. just owns this game, and I just moved on to the next game on a different channel. And uh, I'm glad I was right. I didn't miss anything, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, you know, uh, for intriguing series, Washington-Chicago, you know, I, no one was sitting around picking the Washington Wizards over the Bulls. But now, again, like so many of these other series, you watch these games, like sort of like Portland and Houston, I have the same thoughts, like, wow, this is like no contest. Like, these guys are just better. You know, winning, when, they, when you can come in, I know, I know they've been close games, I get that. But, you know, these are the visiting teams going in and winning both games at the higher seeds home. That's, that's attention getting. Especially when these teams haven't been around in playoffs for a while. No, in Washington, their backcourt is so athletic, John. Yeah, John Wall, wow, and Bradley Beal. Yeah, it's difficult to guard them. Yeah, but the real key has been, you know, the play underneath. Nene has been, you know, the unexpected surprise in all of this, going, you know, head-to-head with the Defensive Player of the Year. Joaquin Noah. Um, so, again, just fascinating uh, and good games to boot. But, you know, again, these visiting teams are figuring it out and winning in the end. So, uh, you know, hats off to them. John, I would say, from my perspective, that makes the, the playoffs so much more interesting when you feel the, the visiting team can win. There's a reason to watch. Totally. That's it. Well said. Well said. Um, and, you know, another one that we just glossed over, uh, have not touched on, I should say, you know, Brooklyn and Toronto. I mean, I loved, I loved the Maple Leaf crowds last year in the plaza outside the arena when the, they played the Bruins in the playoffs. I thought it was awesome. And here they are doing it again for the Raptors. The first game was awesome. Up there, uh, both games were awesome, you, you know, up in Toronto. I mean, there's a city that gets into their sports. They love their sports. Uh, and, yeah, two years in a row, just seeing that plaza filled with crazy people, you know, outside. We're thousands, like oh, 10,000 or more. I mean, it, it's pretty impressive, to say the least. Yeah, John, has that happened before in Toronto, the, the, the crowds outside for the basketball, the well, no, because neither team has been in the playoffs. That's why it's, you know, be it the Maple Leafs last year, Toronto this year, I, you know, I'm not a Toronto historian, but neither team, I don't believe, has been in the playoffs for a long, long time. For, for been, it's been a while, right? Yeah, so I, it's I pretty just cool. don't recall that. Uh, not, there are not many places that, that I've ever witnessed that crowd on the outside, John, have you? Exactly. And it's not, you know, they do it outside Penguins games. And it's not that it's like a big crowd outside of an arena. It's that this big crowd is going crazy. That's what I like. I mean, that's what differentiates it. But um, anyway, AP, hard to believe, but our show has come to an end. And, uh, you know, thank you again, as always, for your great perspective and contributions. 
John, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to these uh, NBA playoffs, and and I uh, can't wait to talk about them next week. Uh, it's going to be fun. We got another week or two. Yeah, this week we got a ton more games. Just like uh, that's why it's so much fun. There's so many choices uh, every evening and all weekend long. So as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.